following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And live from Stadium GM, let's check in with John Arnold and uh, find out how things are looking as far as the markets go today. Help you make your first million or help you retire or see what you got to do to make a go of it these days. Hi, John. Hey, Ron, you out there selling cars out here? No, no, absolutely. One right after the other, and, and that's, that, that's the way it should be. What are you seeing? Uh, what's going on in the markets today? Man, we had a great day in the market, and uh, it was due to you know the news about Trump's or excuse me, China's going to play ball with Trump, and they're going to buy more of our in- inventories. You know, it was already baked into the cake, but here we are with the news artificially inflating the market again, just like they deflate it, and uh, all is well. You know, one of my picks that I've been I've been touting now for two years is XLI and industry and building materials. And it was the, it led the pack today because uh, I have a fund that I use called AIRR, which is the Renaissance Industrial Fund, which is designed to follow exactly what President Trump's doing, which is the infrastructure of the United States to rebuild. And, you know, all of the commercial activity that's happening as far as commercial real estate and, and the rebuild and the, and the refurbishing, I should say, of a lot of uh, commercial real estate. With that said, we bought in that fund about a year and a half ago, two years. It's been doing 20 30% for us. Took it on the chin the past three months because the scare about Trump and tariffs, et cetera, and it's popped right back up. And uh, good news for John Arnold's portfolios, good news for Wall Street. And, and I'll go on to another point, but I'll, I'll slow down real quick. Right. So, I mean, basically, was this, uh, you know, the art of the deal with Trump where he pulled back a little bit on these tariffs to China and this kind of stuff? Uh, because uh, uh, as I was going through here, um, what, what, was it was it part of the deal making that he was doing, do you think, uh, ultimately to get what uh, what uh, he wanted? Absolutely. The, the guy is a master business chess player. You notice that every we talk about a particular subject, and oh, oh hell's going to break loose, and, and the Wall Street hates this and that. Meanwhile, sure enough, three months later, Trump ends up looking like a hero and like a stud, and Walmart and Wall Street loves it, and everything's good again. But, well, yeah, but hang on a second, John, because you know there, there, there's an upside to it. On Saturday, negotiators from the world's two largest economies said they would continue talking about measures under which Beijing would import more energy and agricultural commodities from the U.S. in an effort to bridge the 335 billion annual U.S. goods and services trade deficit with China. So basically, what what has happened here is Trump said the trade war is on hold, but but he negotiated with China to say it's on hold, but he also picked up something here by saying you're going to start taking more of our stuff we're not going to have this one-sided relationship so i i mean to me that seems i think the guy's just a lot sharper and people give him credit for i i often wonder if the the thought of these tariffs when china was concerned about where it would take their economy if he wasn't on the phone saying now first you're going to go over and tell a rocket man to get in line because shortly after that happened it seemed like things started changing with north korea uh, in China paid, and he paid a visit to 
China. And now I'm seeing that, you know, what Trump, I think Trump takes these extreme positions and then backs off to say, let's, let's work this out so that you take more of our stuff and we don't have this one-sided relationship. And boom. I mean, he ultimately gets what he wants. Comments. Well, I think you may have misunderstood me. I, I 100% agree with you is what, I, is what I was trying to say, that the media hypes it and, and dices it into something that's not really what is, and then Trump, in the end, ends up making them look like a fool and gets his way. And that's, he, he's done old school negotiating. Hit him high, so eventually you land exactly where you want, just like old school car dealership negotiating, ironically. And he gets it every single time. He hits it right in the bullseye every time. And investors in Wall Street get scared and they fall for it every time. And the people that hang in there end up saying, wow, I'm glad I listened. Or I'm glad that uh, this Trump is in office. And, yeah, he went, once again, he ended up making me more money. So, Ron, I, what I'm saying is I 100% agree with you. I, I thank you for pointing that out. It goes hand in hand with in line and right in line of what I've been saying over the past year and a half, two years on the show. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier with the status of Trump and how he's handling the trade war. I, I really can't. And Trump uh, uh, touted the deal. He tweeted, China has agreed to buy massive amounts of additional farm agricultural products would be one of the best things to happen to our farmers in many years. Remember when the farmers were concerned? Oh, my God, you know, the what, what are we going to do? They're not going to be buying our stuff and this kind of stuff. And when the dust settles, Trump gets them to buy more of their stuff. I mean, you know, I, I, well, yeah. I think this is great. Yeah, so they I go mean, for loving Trump to not like, liking Trump and now loving him even more than they already had. And I have a, I don't know why and how this happened, but I have a lot of farmers who, by the way, have a lot of money with clients up in Jefferson and, and Andover. And I, I, I've been on the front lines with them, and they were, they were petrified. The truth, the tight of truth, they were petrified of the future. And then now they're talking turkey again, like, hey, Looks like we're going to be all right, maybe even in better shape. Uh, this Trump's coming through like he thought he was said. And if you if you read the Wall Street Journal, what Trump said, he said six weeks ago, he told the farmers to hang in there, and right. we're going to we're going to make it up to you. It was his exact quote, and sure enough, he did. Sure enough, he did. Right, I mean, always wins. Right, when the dust when the dust settles, it's not the same deal with China that we've been having for all this time. But yeah, this is what amazes me about him. Previous politicians, Democrats and Republicans, were afraid to do anything with China. They were afraid to to they like cowered to him. Trump goes to the extreme, then backs off from the extreme, and they reach a reach a deal that's good for the United States to cut this thing through, and it's good for the stock market. I mean, I sit back and I just say, you know what, the, the people who think this guy's a nut job or don't know what he's doing or, my God, there's always the long-term plan that he's got going on that nobody seems uh, to know about. Now, there were some other things that took place in the news today, some mergers and stuff that uh, that uh, also helped uh, the uh, market out today. I think there was one with GE, if I was reading earlier, was there not? I want to say, though, GE... I think they spun off the railroad. Yeah, G- General Electric will merge its transportation business yeah. with Wabtec. That's a rail equipment yeah. maker in a deal worth $11 billion. So GE shares rose 2%. Yeah, I, I, to me, that wasn't a big uh, market mover. Um, 
the market mover of the day was, is, was China getting China in line through our ball, our trade policies and having them play ball at a normal schedule. But, yeah, that happened today. Uh, i got to tell you, i got to get back on this Trump thing. He, he, this, he, what he's doing is a masterpiece. He's putting together an absolute business masterpiece right before your very eyes. He's showing you what could have been done all these years with these people who so-called people, whether it was Bush or Obama or the other Bush or Clinton, what could have happened if, if there were people looking out for the American people? Right. What could have been done? And, and look, here's a guy who has nothing to gain by being president of the United States, maybe other than his resume, but monetarily speaking, he has nothing to gain. Putting his best foot forward for the people that are breaking their backs every day to put food on our tables, farmers and whatnot. And here's a guy putting his line in the sand and saying, I'm going to look out for you. And it just goes to show you, if, stuff, if you wanted to get done, you could have gotten done. But instead, we have these patsies, these cowards, like you identified them as, so-called congressmen, senators, presidents, that did nothing but look out for their own pocketbooks and were scared to death of China. And here's a grown-ass man in Trump getting stuff done. I love it. Well, Ron Verb talking with John Arnold uh, on News Radio 570 WQEN. Now, they also say that stocks are making the biggest moves after hours, uh, Adobe, Shopify, and more. Talk a little bit about what, the, what that means, making uh, you know, the biggest moves after hours. What's that a sign of? Well, that, that's a sign of huge growth and, and, and bullish commitments. But let me explain to the listenership why that is happening. So between the hours of 9.30 and 4 o'clock, we, individual investors, me, the trade stocks for our clientele, or we, a team that does, or individual investors that are doing it on their own, say maybe for Scott Trade or TD or Schwab or whoever the hell, may, you know, they're doing it on their own. But between 9.30 and 4, the market volume is relatively on most particular equities at a normal stance to where it can be traded in normal volume. If mutual funds or pension funds or hedge funds or institutional money traded between 9.30 and 4 o'clock when they're buying two or 300 shares of something, when I say two or 300 shares, I mean 1,000, 200 or 300,000 shares of something, they can manipulate that market in, in a ridiculous way to where you as, a, as an average investor can never get, a, get ahead of it. So mutual funds are causing that big surplus that big bullish uprise after the market hours because Adobe's coming out or Amazon or whoever is coming out with great earnings reports and mutual funds, which can't only, can only trade after hours, are saying, hey, we're going to take our $20 million and we're going to devote the slice of the pie to XYZ or Adobe or whatever, and that's making after hours trading go up. So that's what that means. So the reason why you see the market moves, the market move after hours or, or, or the futures in the, in the morning is because uh, institutional money, mutual funds, are moving that market after hours. They're doing stuff that we are not allowed to do as individual investors to be 934. And it's to protect us, and I agree with it. It's to protect us because we can never compete volume-wise with a mutual fund that has, say, $22 billion under management that can move and shake a individual equity to any one push of the button. So... That's what that means. It's a very bullish sign for the economy. It's a very bullish sign for the stock market in general. 
So it's not a negative; it's a positive. Got it. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. t- so, t- so today was uh, so today was a good day for John Arnold's. Good day for your investors, and in in general, I mean, when you get a day like today, just about uh, anything had to go up somewhat, right? I mean, the, the bottom line is uh, yeah, obviously there. Yeah, I think all of our pecs were in the green today. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great day, isn't it? <laughs> it is. To be honest with you, it's been like that since Trump's got in. We, when we're having bad days, we're having bad days. We're having good days, we're having good days. I mean, we're either red or green. We really don't look like a Christmas tree anymore, where we got some green or some red. Uh, it seems like when we're all, you know when we're going good, we're we're really going good, and when we're really going bad, we're really going bad. And uh, I know that's oversimplifying it, but man, we have good days now. It just seems like our models are really kicking ass. You want the truth? They're just they're just they're just would really you, going at it, making, would and, you, and making some money. Would you agree with Hightower Advisors? The, the guy there said earnings are still strong, dividend yields are still high, and the economy is really growing. Statement that John Arnold would agree with? It's what, it's what I've been saying now for the past two years and just, what, two, three weeks ago on the show. But to elaborate a little bit more, um, something he pointed out in, in his statement was dividend yields still being pretty high. And that's usually not the case. When you see a stock market as high as ours is, something that is as bullish as ours is, the yields on dividend-paying stocks are normally very much are very low. And the reason is because the stock price is so high. So your stock, your stocks, your, your dividend yield is, is off of the dividend, off the uh, divided by the share price. So, example, AT and T is paying almost a six percent dividend right now. Their share, I think, their, their share price dividend is fifty cents per share. If you take two, if you take two dollars divided by thirty-two dollars, that's going to end up giving you a six and a half percent, or almost a six percent dividend. Now, the reason why that's important for you to know is because normally, when you got a bullish market like this, everything's so damn high that the stock price is so high, and your dividend yield is not as high because you say, let's say that maybe that AT and T instead. $60 a share. Now you're looking at a 3% yield. That's normally what happens. So right now, investors that are in dividend-paying stocks can get their cake, their cake and eat it too. It's a great place to start if you're an investor. It's a great place to start or move your money if you're if you're scared of the market high. It's just an overall great place placement for your, your allocation of your funds if you're a risk taker, if you're bullish. Because utilities and banks and, and, and other stuff it's high quality, pay decent dividends. Right now, you're getting above average yield on your dividends simply for the fact that, well, utilities are, are, are not flying high right now. And you can sector out the other side of the portfolio, which is a mid cap, small cap, large cap, true growth, true growth stuff outside of income, and you're going to make you're going to make that capital appreciation too. So right now, it's an excellent time to be an investor in both growth and growth and income. And that that a lot of times is not the case. You either have one or the other. So. Uh, I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, on the other stuff that Hightower said, you know, obviously it's some the same. It's exactly the same thing I've been touting. I'm going to stay that course. The first time I feel like I'm not staying that course, I promise our listeners, I'll say I'll say just that because I right. always talk from the heart. But right now, it's great to be an American investor, and I'm proud to be an investment advisor uh, helping clients do that right now. 
The first quarter earnings season is drawing to a close with the strongest results in seven years as the S&P 500 companies track a combined 26% increase to their 26% increase, John, to their bottom lines. Meanwhile, the U.S. economy is set to expand by 2.7% in 2018, 40 basis points above the 2017 growth rate. Those are some impressive numbers. They are, and it's exactly what I said in March. If you remember... When, when you know when it hit the fan in February, yeah. March, and everybody's has all that pain, I yeah. said we're going to have record earnings reports. I do remember that. I thought you were crazy, <laughs> <laughs> Ron. You always think I'm crazy. Hang but on, I John. We'll come. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. We'll be back in a minute. News Radio Five Seventy WKVN from Stadium GM. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. But this is 622 News Radio 570 WKBN. Ron Verb live from the showroom of Stadium GM right here in the heart of Salem. And looking at a sea of great uh, new vehicles. Everything General Motors makes is sitting right over there. Plenty of selection. Zero down delivers every day. Our used car and truck products, check them out for yourself at stadiumgm.com right there. And you will uh, love the Carfax report, realistic pricing. It's the spirit of this dealership that makes all the difference in the world. Take the drive to Salem and Stadium GM or visit us online at stadiumgm.com. You know, I'm looking for, uh, John, I'm trying to get under your skin to try to find any bad news out there today. And as hard as I look, I can't find any. Today is definitely your uh, your day. Where do you see it, though? And this is, uh, this is what I love with John, because I will say this to you, gang. Uh, you were talking about this, John, two, three, four months ago, basically where we are today. Not that you have a crystal ball, as you often say. You could be right. You could be wrong. You know, but you're, you're giving an educated analysis at that time of why you thought we would be here. Based on these type of earnings and where we are right now, what is your thoughts then uh, looking forward, John, of where things are headed? I think unless you have a catastrophic Black Swan event, Again, another, another line in the sand comment, which is an opinionated one. So far, I've been right. I think you have a very bullish market. You have, and you're going to have additional, even better record earnings in July. Remember, I told you that. You're probably going to have even better record earnings in July. Because typically, January, February, March are, are really dismal. I mean, those are the worst months usually for any, for any business, including my own. You got people that are paying tons of taxes, uh, that just laid out a bunch of money for Christmas and all kind of nonsense. And the truth of the matter is, the human error gets in the way, and uh, and they're not exactly looking forward to investing hundreds of thousands of dollars with John Arnold at that time. So, even with that said, we ourselves had a record quarter, and then obviously I'm I'm minute in the big scale of things. But, you know, huge companies are having the same exact situation. And and, and, and i got to tell you, the, the, the quality of service and product is increasing as well. I look at the products that I used to buy at Home Depot. Now the products that I do buy at Home Depot are, are a lot better. So right now, 
why that's important is because people are just gangbusters on buying on, on buying services and goods from American companies, and and that and that's you know that's a knockout punch for for us. That's a great thing, and and we have China exactly where we want them. I think with Trump in the White House, it's going to get even better. <laughs> I, mean, you, I, 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 I still, I still go back. I mean, how brilliant that was on his part. You know, I, I, I'm just uh, as a sign. I have nothing to prove it, uh, John. But I'm telling you, I, when he started talking these tariffs, is when China and the Rocket Man got together. And I'm just my own speculation. China had to be chewing oh, the right Rocket Man. The right he, they had to be chewing him an ass because he came around real quick. Because you know, Trump and said, "Listen, this is where we're starting, but we can back off of this stuff if you deal with this guy and get him in line." And then it, when Trump says, "Well, you got to start taking more of our stuff, so that so that this gap isn't so wide," this is just uh, to me, it's it, it's impressive. Now we still have aluminum and steel tariffs hanging out there. I'll be curious to see what he does with this and where he goes with this. Any thoughts about those? And any comments about uh, Larry Kudlow? Well, tell me about Larry Cullo, because I think I read something briefly about Larry today, but on, on, on what you're just saying, I think you're spot on. Well, you and I will never be able to prove it, you know, in Youngstown, Ohio, but you got this, you know, fat midget dictator in North Korea that's causing all kind of problems and heat on, a, on, on China, which is on the, you know, coming up and one of our, and our, probably our greatest buyer and, uh, and, and they import to us, obviously. And then there, you got these, this little country that, you know, the, this third world, and the people are eating rats and living in caves, and that's legit, by the way. They're, they're screwing everything up, and I think that you're 100% accurate in your assumption of what happened. I think, you know, China said, uh, basically, if you don't get in line, we're going get, to get yourselves in line for you, so play nice with Trump. China said, hey, we'll play, we'll play ball with you, Trump. You know, give us some, we'll give you some. He hit him high. Old school, the car, you know, car negotiation worked, and uh, we we have the we are in the cat box seat. We are in the power play right now. We got China, North Korea, Iran. And we got exactly where we want them, and all the things goes to Trump and his cabinet. Regardless if you hate the guy or you don't like him or what porn star he's doing, whatever. At the end of the day, he gets results, and that's what I'm about. Now, as far as Larry Kudlow goes. Educate me on what you're talking about. No, I'm just saying in general. I mean, I, 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 are you glad that, you know, Larry Kudlow's where he's at as far as, uh, oh, you know. Oh, I thought you had something significant to say. I love Larry Kudlow. Of all the people on CNBC that I thought was probably the most moderate and conservative and give you the black and white without the fluff, Larry Kudlow's your guy. He's my kind of guy. Just tells, He just calls it like he sees it. Similar to the guy talking to you right now, John Arnold. So. Larry Cutlow is your guy, and uh, I love exactly where he's at. And how do you feel about him? Uh, I, I thought I, I think he's uh, fascinating. Quite frankly, you know, whether you agree or disagree, I I kind of enjoy listening to him and hearing what he has to say. When people are coming into you, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at at retirement right now and what they're saying. There's a 67 percent of Americans say they'll outlive their retirement savings. I'll talk to John about that after the break. Stay tuned. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. 
This is the Jay Arnold Wealth Management Show. That's what it is. News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Furb on this Monday evening, 633 News Radio 570 WKBN. Let's talk. Would you not agree? Would you agree that the majority of people who come to you, are they coming to you, John, for thinking about retirement and retirement planning? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that? Uh, I would uh, say an easy 8 out of 10. Easy 8 out of 10. And um, if you had to, other, if, if you if you had to give me a, a roughly an age, are most of them in their fifties or in their sixties? It's fifty five to sixty five would be the meat the meat of the the meat of the whole deal. It would be it would definitely that would be the target age fifty five to sixty five people that are you know really need to take this thing serious and uh, need concrete answers to the future. It would be fifty five to sixty five. Is it and when they come to you, are they coming from a different broker to you? Have they are they looking at their four hundred one k? Talk to me a little bit about that person because one might say, well, is it too late at fifty five to sixty five to be doing this kind of stuff? Give me a, a general background in general. <laughs> uh, are they coming out of four hundred one k's? Are they keeping a four hundred one k? Are they coming from different brokers? Talk to me about those people. I would say no, I, I would say less from uh, this. Is, this is not a good thing, but it's the truth uh, to say about myself. But it's, I wouldn't say it's from other brokers so much because <laughs> right now a lot of my competitors are doing really well for their clients. And it'd be hard to lose money right now, it, it, even the worst average case scenario. I mean, your average Ameriprise guy, whatever, it, they're, they're doing really good for their clients. So we're not really getting a lot of business per se from another institution. I would say. Majority of our business is, is reti- has been teachers retiring, executives retiring, uh, a lot of people getting out of four hundred one k. And I always tell them, this is a good lead in. Always tell them, hey, listen, whether you choose me or not, get the hell out of that four hundred one k. You got you got TPA costs that are inside there. The the, the available options inside your four hundred one k are terrible, uh, especially if you're in a four hundred three b plan or a four four fifty seven. And you have no one to help guide you into things that are performing or not performing. You got maybe a plethora of twelve funds, with five and six of them being life cycle bunch, which suck. And then you have fees; they're gonna they're gonna probably accumulate to one to one and a quarter percent between the TPA fees and the internal cost of the mutual funds. Why not pay that one percent to a professional, whether it's me or somebody else? to help guide you and give you all of the investment options in the entire world that are, are at our fingertips. So I would say 99% of the people who come to my office with a 401k and a bowling it to me, but they always get, get objective advice to say, hey, listen, even if you don't, you need to get the heck out of a 401k because it's not doing you any good. It's not the best deal on the street. It would be like you having the money for a Cadillac, but you instead went and got an old uh, Pinto down the road or the used car, uh, road down the East Cardio issue. That wouldn't make sense. I mean, both would get you there, but eventually, you know, it's going to break down, and the Cadillac's got all the bells and whistles. What concerned, I mean, do you hear the people that are talking to you, are they concerned about outliving their money, John? Are they concerned about passing it on to their children? Are they concerned about getting more of a return because they didn't save enough? All three. The good news is two out of three of our clients that, that come to us with a large nest egg in their portfolio have way more than enough money. They don't. The good news is I'm always I'm the guy who gets gets to deliver that good news. So when they come to me and, they, and they're 65 and they say, "Well, I only got six hundred thousand dollars here for my nest egg," 
they combine that with their their social securities and maybe a little pension they had, and then you get five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand. Let's say we send them twenty five hundred dollars a month. I'm pretty confident that we, you know, that they can live off of five thousand to six thousand dollars a month. And by the time they come to our office at that age, their debt is paid off. So um, they have these unrealistic, I think, visions of of things just cost so much, or I heard about so-and-so who had to go back to work at age 80, et cetera. The one, one of the greatest things, we don't have much in Youngstown. We have great golf courses and great Italian food, but we have a great cost of living. You can get a lot of bang for your buck. And when you take a national average, or so looking online, a national average, you got to remember you're talking about Jupiter, Florida, and you're talking about San Diego, California. You're talking about Austin, Texas. You're talking about... Jackson, Wyoming. You're talking about high-end, high-cost-of-living places that are in those averages. And then you got Youngstown, Ohio, that's at the opposite end. So you can get a lot of bang for your buck. And the majority of our people that are our clients are in the Mahoney County, Tri-County area, which means that if they're making, you know, if they're bringing home between Social Security and another, and I'm sending them another 2000 a month, we're, being, we're able to accomplish both of the things you're talking about. One, get them retired safely where they don't have to worry about outliving their money. And two, we design a plan to where we're living most off the interest, capital gains, and dividends versus digging into the principal. And so I'm building a portfolio that does just that. Now, can I promise that's going to happen? No. Has that been the case for the past 18 years in our our industry? Uh, When I've been in the industry? Absolutely. I've accomplished that. The people that started with me years ago, a decade ago, going on two decades ago, and even people that started up me three years ago still have as much or more money than what they started with me with paying them a, a nice stipend that I'm generating for them. Again, we get into another 2008 market crash. That ain't going to hold true. But until that happens, so far, so good. And then we get to, obviously, we get to pass that nest egg on to the other concern, is, which is what you brought up, is the majority of our clients are interested in passing money on to their kids for whatever reason. Now, my parents said, Hey, we raised four kids. Dad worked triple overtime at GM. We did everything we could for you. We're going to enjoy this money. If something's left, God bless you. And I told him that's great because I don't want your money. But majority of the people in our industry, or excuse me, in my clientele, for whatever reason, have these grandeur uh, dreams of passing money on to their kids. And a lot of them have really successful kids that that don't need the money, but they want to do it. So Mm -hmm. hopefully you like my long question or my answer to the question. No, I think it's uh, it's an important one. I was reading in the USA Today, and are you seeing a trend? They were talking that uh, today a lot of people, when they retire, and I'm assuming they're talking full retirement at 65 or 66, that in fact they are not completely stepping away from what they did for a living. They uh, they were talking about how many of them will go back and work part-time. Some of the companies are writing retired employees saying, come on back and work for us part-time, basically picking up where they left off. Are you seeing that happen in your own practice? I don't see it often as as, as, as often as you might think I do, but I do see it. Um, what they'll do is companies will say, well, listen, go and up, go up and up a LLC or your own sole proprietor, and we'll pay your, your LLC instead of you. That way we don't have to pay payroll taxes, and we'll hire you as a consultant. 20, 25 hours a week. So, and we'll let you obviously 
come on your schedule. That way, basically, here's a task. Like engineers, this happens a lot with, or, or uh, architects, or uh, obviously teachers, this happens with, et cetera, so where there's the rehires. So to answer your question, I don't see it often, but I do see it, and it makes sense. And uh, to be honest with you, a lot of them take the job because they're so damn bored. It's not because right. they need the money. They're just bored, and I don't blame them. Kids are gone. Grandkids aren't really visiting. Uh, you and your wife have really not much to talk about. You've lived together 40 years. Go, you know, you're going to want to do something to keep busy, keep lively, keep going. And uh, and stay retired. So one day you you want to just call it a day and hit the lever. There's nothing holding you back. You can walk out. It's a right. Uh, uh, the USA Today it was in, in today's money section, folks, was basically saying that, uh, and, you're, and you're right, many of them are doctors, many of them are engineers, different companies are saying, you know, there's, oh, I don't want to say a labor shortage or whatever, but the, but they need good employees. Right, and they and good employees that were good employees, they want back. Not necessarily always the skilled people, but they want them back for 20 or 30 hours and will write them letters to say, come on back. And by this time, they're either 65 or 66 or whatever. They're collecting their Social Security and are not penalized, as I understand it, for making as much money as they want to make on the side, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The... Uh so they're collecting like your social the security. They're not bored. They're working. They're making additional money on top of that. And, and for the, for exactly what you said, many of them said exactly what you said. They just feel better about life. Gives them something to do. Well, if you do a, I think there's a study on it that as a lot of people die within three years of retirement. And I think, I think a lot of it is boredom and the will to live. I don't know if it's a matter of the health. It's a matter of like, what, what do I have to get up in the morning to do anymore? And, I'm not paying, a, you know, I'm not paying a gruesome picture because like, my my grandfather retired from LTV, excuse me, Republic Steel, and he never looked back, and he messed around his garden, he played with us as grandkids, and lived life happily ever until he passed away of cancer. But that's not that's not the case anymore. A lot of guys, and a lot of women are just honestly they're retiring too young, or they got a lot of uh, unfinished business on the table, and this is a way to get it back. And it helps me out as an investment advisor, if you want to the truth. It doesn't force me to get a, a certain rate of return to keep them equitable, to keep them above principle if they got an extra couple grand coming in a month from income in addition to what we're sending them from the, from the job, from the paycheck. It, it, it's really a win-win-win, and, and, and the employer loves it because, hell, I'll tell you, I'm the same way. I, I love hiring people over the age of 45. 50 years old, their, their, their work ethic's un- incredible. Right. Uh, they're incredible people. They, you know, they've been through the game of life. They've been through the, the corporate wars. They just want to come in, do a great job for you, be treated fairly, go home. They're the best. I wish, that, I, wish I had them all. We're talking with John Arnold on the Investing Show, News Radio 570 WKBN. Talk to the small business person or the self-employed person out there. Uh, they should, for, let's start by saying they should certainly have an IRA simply to be able to get a tax deduction, you know, as opposed to saying, I can remember years ago they would say, listen, make this contribution because instead of paying this much in, you're really paying this much in because you're paying a thousand less in taxes. The traditional IRA, if you will, not necessarily the Roth IRA, was was advantages by not paying more taxes at the time. It was like the government giving you some money that you would be sending to them anyway. Your thoughts about IRAs 
and Roth IRAs and SEPs and what have you for self-employed people who often don't think enough about setting you know, setting aside money for their own retirements uh, in addition to their Social Security and in addition to having a insurance policy for disability in case they get hurt. Well, let me give you some real-life scenarios. I'm not going to use names, obviously, but let's say a small law firm, okay? A small law firm, small law firm with, say, four attorneys are generating a million bucks in revenue. And after expenses are paid to the paralegals and the legal assistant and the secretary, let's just say they're, everybody's clearing 250, uh, actually that's a high number. Let's say two, everybody's clearing 200,000, all right? So they go to do their taxes, accountants come back and say, hey, after all write-offs, you still owe 40000 bucks." You're going to owe $40,000 to the IRS no matter what, right? The write-offs are gone. The accountant squeezed as much as he can out of the write-offs. That's it. You owe forty grand. You owe me five grand to the state, thirty-five to the IRS, and maybe a, a grand to say local. If your if your accountant's smart or knowledgeable, and you're willing to listen to him or her, and the advisor, someone like me, paying the IRS that forty thousand dollars, pay yourself some of that forty thousand dollars by doing a SEP or a simple IRA. Now, who's going to decide? what kind of plan you're going to do is that's going to be the CPA or the CFO. The investment advisor gets caught into that trap a lot, including myself, of trying to help decide, and that's not my job. My job is to invest the money inside the SEP or the simple, and I get caught in that, that trap somehow every time. But at the end of the day, the quarterback of that deal is going to be your CPA. CPA is going to say, based on your, you know, what kind of employees you got, if you're the kind of employee or employer that, doesn't want to, that wants to get the least amount of money to their employees, because it's going to be 100% vested and they can leave with your money, you don't want a simple IRA. You want a SEP. So they say, well, based on the SEP and you put, say, $27,000 away, now you only owe the IRS 40000 bucks, and everybody's happy. you got a tax break. you got money in your retirement. you got money to the employees. And, oh, by the way, now you only owe the IRS eight, eight grand. But you wouldn't believe how many accountants and business owners, and this, I'm not even going to put on the account, but I'm going to say the business owners, lack of listening to them, don't have any interest or want to to even hear about it. They would rather stroke a check to the IRS than pay themselves a, a great amount of money just by taking 20 minutes to set up a simpler simp. It's simple. It, it blows my mind. And that can be had. That can be done. And, and, and it needs to be addressed. I'm at a point in my career where we don't really call people and solicit business. But when I was when I was in the in the field and my first five eight years, I was doing that, and it was like pulling teeth, getting someone to sit down and talk with you to put money into a four or three B or put money into a simple and seven. It's like, man, I'm giving you away free money here. Take off your take off your your, your your blindfold and your earmuffs and listen to me, and let me get you some free money. And the people who listen to me end up being very successful. The people that didn't use much talking to me, well, well they're still unsuccessful. So that drives me crazy, but I think we have to go to break and then come back. All right, we will. But I mean, it's it's simply planning for your own retirement because well, I think often. Too. 
Right, well, yeah, it's it's sending less money to the IRS. It's planning for your own retirement. But people have got to understand that Social Security has always been meant to only be a supplement. I mean, it is, unfortunately, we have far too many of my fellow Americans, that's their total retirement. I mean, when I see some of the statistics, and it's obviously based on how much you've made during your career and all that kind of stuff, they don't have $500 or $1,000 in the bank. It's a troubling spot to be in if your car breaks or you need a new roof or something like that. Uh, But if you read, like, certain articles, they'll say, hey, there's always stuff you can cut back to save. You know, you can cut back on cigarettes. You can cut back on going out to eat. You can cut back on cable or whatever. You can make a cut to get uh, to save money to put towards that uh, retirement, uh, if, if you will, so that you have a supplement on top of your Social Security. Uh, but but you have a tendency to to deal more in your firm with savers, with people that uh, that uh, have already saved uh, money and just don't know what to do with it. In addition to that, John, do you not also deal with a lot of uh, of, of widows whose husbands might have managed the money and uh, dealt with all of that, and they passed away? Uh, that finally come and see you and say, "Okay, I'm not sure what I want to do here." Is that also a scenario you see at John Arnold? I would say I see it not often. I see it, but not often. I, I uh, and you said it. I, I want it. You said exactly what, what comes out of their mouth. He always did all this stuff. I don't know the make of it, but I need help. That puts me in a bad situation because when you deal with somebody that has literally no idea what you're talking about, it's so hard. But you so you got to take extra time and extra steps and say. This is what this means. This is what this means. This is why he did what he did. It ends up being a great relationship because that you obviously become an endeared, uh, trusted advisor to that person. But it is it is a tough step, and and we're talking about their husband's death as well, and that's that's not always a pleasant conversation if the marriage was good. So, bottom line is is uh, I see it a lot, all, all types of different situations. But you touched on something about a minute ago that majority of our people that come in. Are savers. They they already know the game. They already know, like what you know. You're a good saver. They know that, you know, a penny earned, a penny saved is a penny earned. I mean, it is, it's just the way it is. Like uh, every time my kids get a little something, we save a little something back. You know, if they make ten bucks, a dollar goes into the savings kitty. And we're trying to constantly teach them this is how things are done. And um, and and, that, and that's carried on in their generation as well. And they they walk in and talk it. And I'm. I'm a I'm an example. I gotta tell you, I did. I went through our budget. I combed through it. I went to Jennifer and said, "My God, it's embarrassing how much we st- we spent going out to eat." So, see, now we're gonna do. We're gonna make pre-made meals uh, for the week. And we're gonna cut this bill by seventy-five percent. And we're gonna start obviously uh, putting more into savings because this is ridiculous. You know, it's, going out to eat once or twice a week is good, but man, the kind of money we're spending, crazy. So I want right. to walk and talk to talk. Right. So John Arnold will be firing up the grill. You, and I did tonight. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, you weren't around, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there are no leftovers anyway, you know, when it comes. <laughs> well, not with Jennifer around. Right. But I mean, when you. You know, you're doing it yourself. I mean, you you kind of uh, lead by example, is what I'm trying to say to people. No, I mean, I, this is. I, I, this we, cut, is we cut our cable bill down the basic. You know, as, and uh, we were looking. I was looking at the firm's cable bill. My house in Florida, my house in Ohio. Like we're paying, we're paying six fifty a month for internet and TV. It's, yeah, it's for TV, right? And it was like so, so we went to Sling TV, 
cut it down to internet. You know, we're down to like 225 from 650. That's a huge savings. Uh, but but you know you way. you you brought up something very important. It's not just savings. It's re, it's taking time to review your current bills. Take a look at your insurance. Are you overpaying? Can you get a better? You know, people are almost like married to these insurance companies, which you could, could could care less about them. Maybe you're better off checking with another agent, checking to see if your if your uh, coverage is good enough, or maybe it should be higher than you're having. Maybe you can get a bigger discount or something like that. There there should always be a case of reviewing how you're spending your money in your household and uh, reviewing that to where you can save money uh, from cutting expenses. I mean, everyone should do that. Everyone should be doing that. financial behavior analysis books. I didn't grow up with money. I'm always trying to find out how I can get ahead, how the rich viewed money, how they did things, and one things that, and things they did different. But let, you know what they did? One of the things that we do as a family that they do is we review at the end of the month an analysis of where the money went. They had a family meeting, husband, wife, and kids, and saying, we spent money here, we spent money here, we spent money here. Was it in line with our budget? Great. If not, what can we do to reform it? And you know wealthy families do that. And guess who doesn't do that? Not wealthy oh, families. Right, and it's simple little, simple little financial aspects and simple little things in life like that that can get you an extra two or three hundred thousand dollars of retirement time if you stay early enough and, and, and plan your investments well and plan. I mean, it, and another thing I found out is money is very intimidating to people. I don't know why, because uh, you work so hard to earn it, but it's very intimidating to people. And, um, well, isn't there, isn't there a relationship that people have with you? Basically, I get the impression. I'm, I'm not saying that you don't have some really savvy investors. You've talked about them, ones that have given you good ideas. But a lot of people say, listen, I'm busy. Here's my money. You figure it out. And uh, and you and you put me where uh, you think I need to be based on my risk tolerance. That's a large part of your clientele, right? Because they got 90 Ninety-five percent of them do that. I got five percent that kind of micromanage me, and, and, and we work. We work together as a team, which I like. The micromanagement, I kind of tossing them out of the firm. But ninety-five mm-hmm. percent uh, of the people that after here's what happens: the first year, it's it's never like that. It's not a nice marriage. It's they're they're scared to death. You know, here's a guy I just handed him over a million bucks. I don't right. know him. He could be talking a line of crap and the best salesman in the world. They can lose all my money. And then after months and statements and quarters of proving myself and saying, wow, this guy actually is doing what he says he's going to do, new ideas and this and that, and the investment results are this or that. And, and after a year, year and a half, they do exactly what you said. Hey, you, know, we, you got the reins. We trust you, John. We, we, we hired you to coach the team, and that's just the, way, the decisions we're going to live with. And like I said, and, and here's a, a sales pitch for me, but it's true. There's nothing holding our clients back at our firm. The clients have all the power my invest my 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 uh, the, the way I make money goes up and down with their accounts so we're on the same team as them we don't have surrender charges or upfront loads they can leave our practice anytime they don't even need to call they don't need to write nothing they can just literally leave there's not a damn thing right. I can do about it uh, and, and and that's the way it goes and so we are a performance based firm based not only on that's how I do things in life but Financially speaking, if I don't do good for our clients, guess what? They're leaving, and I'm not getting paid as much. And you know, with three right. young kids and 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 a, and a big practice and things to pay for, 
believe me, I'm, I'm giving it everything I got. And, uh, well, and you know, whenever I'm sitting at that light at uh, 46 and New Road and I see that uh, billboard as, uh, you know, as I'm sitting there at night and I see that picture of you, your wife, and your children, I can't help only think one thought. Uh, gee, I thought I should probably be sitting there with the kids in the picnic baskets, you know what I mean? So they'll say, wait a minute, who's the old guy in the picture there, you know? So, so you know, as I'm looking at that at night, and what's the status of the television show? John Arnold's coming on with a TV hey, show, too. That's very, very nice of you to bring up. It's coming on June June 3rd. Um, well, Sunday, that's pretty quick here. Yeah. What's that? June 3rd's coming up on a Sunday, yeah, you say, right? Yeah, we were going to, listen, we were going to have it. Uh, last week, but we didn't recognize in our planning that that was Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And then so Lauren and I, in my case, and uh, Ron Flavio and the team, they basically came to me and said, listen, let's start fresh in June. Uh, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's a perfect, like, six months. So we decided June 3rd is going to be the – and it's going to be in a show identical to one we, we talk on. It's an education show. Very excited about it. Uh, going to be a lot of good information on it. Not salesy whatsoever, because I hate that crap. Um, and uh, I think you can learn a lot. It's going to be, again, 4.30 on the WB on Sundays. And then, obviously, I'm hoping over my strikes a little bit and go to a sexier time slot. But that's when it's going to be. And I'm, I'm right. really excited about it. I've seen proofs. It's really well done. All right, so that's going to be coming up. So you will remind folks as that date gets a little bit closer on News Radio 570 WKBN. So keep that in mind. Now, how do you find John Arnold? How do you get a hold of him? Well, let's give the scenario there, John. Well, if you want to see Your Majesty himself, I, I, <laughs> yes, I yes, to, yes, 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 the Crown Prince here. Right. <laughs> if you, you know, if you want a free consultation and you know, no obligation, no frills kind of guy, give us a call three three zero three three zero nine six five. Nine eight nine zero, again three three zero nine six five nine eight nine zero. I'm located across uh, opposite way of the poorhouse on Star Center. So if you turn into Star Center, you take a left from from two twenty four. We have a second to last building on the left, right at the cul de sac. Huge sign, bull with red eyes, that you can't miss. Says General Management. And as always, I'm very proud to say that we don't do any pressure sales. We don't really. We don't ask you to make a decision that day. As a matter of fact, I think it'd be foolish for you to do so. Just come in, give it, we'll give you a free review, and we win your business great. If not, then uh, you'll walk out of the firm with a positive uh, experience. And I'm do, very you think the, do, you, do you ever think the irony of it on one end is the uh, bar, restaurant, the poorhouse? On the other end, yeah. is how you can is on the other end is how you can make it to the rich house. Thank you, John. We'll talk next hey, Monday at six. All right, Stadium GM, good folks here in Salem. Ron Verb, have a pleasant evening. Back tomorrow at 3. Thank you, Dave Price.